0: Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. Thanks for joining us today. I don't know about you, but loving people I don't know. Seems like an impossible task. And as an introvert, I don't really go out of my way to get to know people. And that can be a problem for someone who's a Christian. So today I'm going to share with you three ways to learn to love outside your comfort zone. There's a rare bird at Anchorage, I said. Pedro rolled his eyes. It's a Hoffage, I explained. They live in Urich. Pedro may have sighed and rolled his eyes. I suppose you want to go look for it, I grinned. Absolutely. While you hang out with Laura, Lewis, and Abel, I'll just pop into Anchorage and pick up some things at Costco and look for the bird. What about the weather, he asked. No snow in the forecast, and it should clear off by one or two. I don't love driving in the snow, but the chance to see a rare bird will motivate me to do things I don't normally enjoy. The next day, I started out just as the sun struggled to shine through a bank of clouds that huddled along the craggy mountains. A beautiful gibbous moon hovered on the horizon, and I couldn't resist pulling over to snap some photos. When I reached the outskirts of Anchorage, I could scarcely see 30 feet in front of me. Traffic crawled through the fog and slipped all over the ice. I pulled into a coffee shop and decided to work on a school project until the visibility improved. Two hours later, I hit the send button and turned in my project. The sun had started to claw its way through the cloud cover, and I discovered it would only take me 10 minutes to arrive at the reported Hoffinch sighting location. Pedro laughs at me because many times when I make a there's a rare bird pronouncements, I drive up to the address or coordinates and see the bird. It doesn't always pan out though. I subscribe to a rare bird sightings email list, which helps me considerably. Of course, I never know for sure if someone saw the rare bird in their backyard or flitting around a park. I had checked the eBird report and worried a bit since the reporting birder didn't specify where the bird… I jumped on Facebook and did a quick search for Alaska birding groups. Within minutes, I had more information. The reporting birder saw it near a street intersection i had envisioned approaching a stranger's house and timidly tapping on the door with an apologetic, Um, I'm a birder looking for the rare bird. Is it in your backyard? Apology. I didn't know if I'd actually have the moxie to do this. Most of the rare birds I've chased have had the decency to hang out in public places. Most. As I entered the residential neighborhood, the snow-covered streets made it impossible to tell if the local regulations allowed for street parking. I started to worry about where to park my car. An elderly gentleman with a bright green parka drew my attention. I saw him gaze up and then lower both hands to his chest. Next, I noticed a harness strapped over both shoulders. Bingo! A fellow birder, and a serious one, judging by how he carried his binoculars with a harness. I pulled up alongside him, rolled down my window, and said, "'Excuse me, are you out looking for the hawfinch?' This formula has worked multiple times for me. Go to an area with a rare bird sighting. See strangers with binoculars. Boldly ask questions. See rare bird. He leaned down to see me better. I am. Just follow this road to the next corner and hang a left. That's the area Dave saw the bird on New Year's Day. Do you know if there's any parking? I asked. Here, let me hop in and I'll ride down with you. He looked safe. He was slight of build with a white beard and he knew the birder who found the bird. I unlocked the door and tossed my backpack on the back seat. As he got in, he said, You know, you shouldn't let strangers into your car. I'm Ed, my toes tingled. But then I noticed the twinkle in his eyes, and I grinned back. I'm Anita. Turn down here, he directed, and park in front of that blue house. The lady who lives there understands birders and doesn't mind us parking in front of her house or going in her backyard. He went on to explain he lived nearby and had spent hours out in the snowstorm the previous day looking for the hawfinch, Not only looking, but letting everyone in the neighborhood know an invasion of birders might occur over the weekend. For the next two hours, we examined every robin that flew over or perched in the neighborhood trees. Ed regaled me with birding stories. He spent ten years as a regional reviewer for eBird as well as the cross-country skiing adventures he shares with his wife. Alas, the elusive Hoffinch remained elusive. At one point, Ed thought he saw it, but that exact moment, the elderly owner of the blue house slipped and fell in her driveway. By the time we helped her, the possible Hoffinch had disappeared. As the sun started to slip towards the horizon, I knew I'd have to leave without finding my rare bird. On the long drive back to Palmer, I had a lot of time to think. I couldn't believe I actually picked up a stranger and hung out with him for two hours. Okay, I confess, I have changed a lot since I started birding about ten years ago. I'll strike up conversations with strangers, hang out at the sewer ponds, endure scorching heat and hopeless humidity, all in the name of birding. But when it comes to my faith, I joined the church through baptism. At the tender age of eight, my progress seems stilted. I have never pulled up to a stranger toting a Bible and let them hop into my car. When I visit new cities, I rarely find a place to worship with other believers. I grumble if the sanctuary feels too hot or too cold. Sometimes, I struggle to stay awake during the sermon. I criticize the pastor and the program in my heart, all in the name of improving things. This year, I want to let my love for Jesus motivate me more. I want to step outside my comfort zone and seek encounters with fellow Christians and seekers. When someone asks for prayer on Facebook, I want to pray for them right there in the comments section, not limit myself to a praying for you or praying hands response. These three hacks will help me and you learn to love outside our comfort zone. Hack number one, do what you wish others would do for you. Don't be afraid to give directions. To go the extra mile or to smile at the cashiers that you meet in the grocery store, spend more time looking friendly and you'll find that people act more friendly towards you. That friendly demeanor will help you form relationships with strangers. And once you have relationships with strangers, it's a lot easier to talk to them about Jesus. Look for points of common interest in those that you meet. Hack number two, assume the best, not the worst. How would you feel if everyone looked at you with suspicion? I'll share a link in the show notes to a video that I hope all of you take the time to watch. It has a really important message about perceptions. I can easily be a worst-case scenario thinker and believe that every stranger I encounter poses some sort of threat. When I think that way, I act that way, and I come across as looking prideful, unavailable, clothed off, unfriendly, and grumpy. So take the time to smile widely at everyone, whether you know them or not, and whether they look like you or not. Hack number three, seek points of common interest rather than differences. No matter what your political flavor or or what you believe about current events, remember, at heart, we are all humans. When we focus on our differences instead of our similarities, it makes it way too easy to dehumanize other people Hitler did a great job in Germany of teaching the people to dehumanize the Jews and anyone else who wasn't just like them and anyone who wasn't a member of the Aryan race. The next time you catch yourself vilifying a group of people or someone's beliefs, stop yourself and remember, if we want to love outside our comfort zone, we have to learn to look at our points of similarity before we look at our differences. Does the person you're vilifying Have a family? Do they have children? Do they wake up in the morning and put their clothes on? Do they eat breakfast or lunch or dinner? Maybe you share a favorite restaurant. The amazing fact is we all, no matter where we live in the world, no matter what our gender, our religious beliefs, our political beliefs or anything else, we all have things in common. And when we start communication from those points of similarities instead of on what we may disagree on, we'll discover it's much easier to have civil discourse with each other. So don't forget the three hacks for learning to love outside your comfort zone. Hack number one, do what you wish others would do for you. I love it when people smile at me, so I need to make sure and smile at other people with a genuine smile. Hack number two, assume the best not the worst. And hack number three, seek points of common interest rather than differences. Come back next week when I continue to talk about spiritual wholeness. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together, we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.